Warning. What you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Well, hello everyone. We are back. It's the Trashy Podcast. It's me, Elliot, and Keith. Dr. Elliot Greenspan and Professor Keith Vansenstein. Why are we doctors this time, Keith? Well, because today we're kicking off our sci-fi summer. So get get your magnetic beach balls and clone yourself an extra beach blanket. And don't forget to genetically engineer a cybernetic margarita. Because we're going to that... have some fun all summer with uh, wacky sci-fi picks and uh, epic... Epic visions of the future. I like how we're starting this one off with a we're starting it off with a movie that is just so vaguely, in the loosest sense, could maybe possibly be considered a sci-fi movie. I know, and I can't wait to talk about that. But first, I just want to say a big, huge thanks to all of you lovely uh, Parasite fans out there who checked out the Egg Chronicles Alien series retrospective. Uh, all four episodes of those are out now if you want to give them a listen or share them with your friends or play them for your children at night uh, because it's never too early to start learning about the Alien series and its many offshoots. Uh, and also don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Trash Heap Pod where you can see images of the episodes right when they drop and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, uh, but like the man said, uh, today we're going to be talking about a movie that is arguably a sci-fi movie. What, well, what, what movie are we talking about We're going to talk about the movie Junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, Emma Thompson. Frank Langella. Uh, yeah, I was I was just like what? I I completely spaced on his name. I almost said Raul Julia and Pamela Reed. Is Pamela Reed the lady from Kindergarten Cop? Yes. Yeah, she's great in everything that she's in. Do you know she's got a that... weird face, but also yeah. like a charm to her? One thing I miss about movies, I get really nostalgic about this. Ugly people, weird-looking people. We don't have those anymore. Everyone sort of looks the same, kind of bland. Nothing. They all look. They all look like they're out of a like a old navy uh, ad. Yeah, but there used to be people like Danny DeVito, like who is not repulsive, but by conventional standards, doesn't really hit all the. Like not he's not he's not the movie star handsome type. No, of, type but he of brings so much to the table. He there used to be a time when uh, Walter Matthau could be an action star. Right. I mean, there are. He's in action movies. If only he had starred in in Die Hard. Ooh, I would have watched that. <laughs> so um, oh, but did you know that uh, Pamela Reed? She lives right here in Tacoma. No. Yes, actually, she lives in University Place, which, for those of you who don't know, is just like a is a uh, it's like outside of Tacoma. It's counted on the Tacoma census, but it's just a little neighborhood on the outskirts of the of Tacoma. It's the wrong but side yeah, she, of the tracks. Yeah, she lives right here. I've seen her at Target. Say what? That yep. rules. Yeah. Well, she's in this movie, and she's tremendous, along with everyone else in this movie is acting their asses off. But 
Oh yeah. I I think you asked the most important question because this is supposed to be a sci-fi summer and this movie is about in its most simple simple form about a man giving birth to a baby with the help of a new uh, <laughs> fertility drug. A drug called expectane. <laughs> yeah. Expectane, which is not too far removed from uh, unobtainium. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a... What kind of For- scientist is he? He's a fertility doctor. Where, where is he from? He's Swiss or Austrian? Or he's, a from, he's a from Austria. He just gets to be himself, but he mm-hmm. is miserable. He hates his life. He's made awful choices and sacrifices in the name of his career. And... Uh, he only his only friends are monkeys. Yeah, his only friends are monkeys. Uh, but he works directly with Danny DeVito, who who is also a mad scientist. In mm-hmm. in the purest sense, like he is a greedy, slimy, filthy, fast talking. He's like a car salesman, but he also just happens to be working on drugs that he can sell to pharmaceutical companies for mass production. Right, and even though you see moments of him at the beginning, kind of going to bat for pregnant women and families and and people who can't have children, he is still unequivocally a monster and the villain of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, he's definitely a guy with some with a questionable moral compass at the beginning, but he grows and becomes more human as the movie goes along and then we find out some things about his past vaguely about how why he might be a little cranky he you do get a real sense of like him being like a fully realized person and you don't yes they don't make movies like this anymore this was directed and produced by ivan reitman who obviously made ghostbusters and uh meatballs stripes kindergarten cop Twins. Yeah, he's he's fairly prolific. The, just the style and presentation of the movie, regardless of overall story and content, there are things and the hallmarks of this movie that just you don't see anymore. And one of them being establishing shots, I noticed. Yeah. Every time we're at a different location, you get a nice a crane in or a nice pan into whatever building that people are inside of. And I love that. I love it. It's you never have any question about where the location is or or the sense of place. It's it's all very clear to you, which is nice. And camera movements, mm-hmm. like modern. And I hate to. This is going to be such a tirade against modern movies shot on digital cameras. <coughs> but for some reason, like people are on such shoestring budgets all the time. There's never any decent camera movement. Or if it if there is, it's literally the same like walk in slow slow push in. But this is has all kinds of like nice like crane shots. There's a great shot where Arnold is speaking in front of the some kind of board of people. I forget what what the hell the point of that was. They were trying to get their their drug like approved for F, uh, human trials or something like that. Because originally they're testing on monkeys and they're getting the monkeys pregnant, which is you know two steps away from uh, 28 days later. There's a nice like sort of crane in behind Arnold as he's speaking and then a cut to him from a different angle. There's all kinds of great shots like this. Like this is like a screwball comedy for the most part, but 
there's like some real craft here. There's yes, there's a lot of competent uh, filmmaking, and you know, bottom line of, of this movie before we get into all the little nitty gritties and details and stuff, is this the best uh, movie ever made? No. Is it the best movie that has Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito in it together? No. Is it the best Ivan Reitman movie? No. But is this a perfectly good, enjoyable movie that people just seem to hate on for no particular reason? Yes. Well, let me, if if we're if we're going by reactions here, let me just um, read some of these comments underneath the trailer on YouTube because mm-hmm. they're tremendous. So uh, most of these are from five to seven years ago, so they're not, not fresh by any stretch. But one person wrote, "How high was Arnold when he agreed to play this role?" Dot dot dot. <laughs> Another another commenter wrote, so when he's not a kick-ass robot, he's a pregnant man. Good to know. Another person wrote, I'm dying. Not only is Arnie a scientist, but he's a scientist that gets pregnant. You know, for sciencey scientist science reasons. <laughs> the suspension of disbelief required is enough to lift all of the third world out of poverty. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, one person wrote, in all caps, and of course, it came out on Labor Day. Get it? Oh wow, <laughs> that's pretty brilliant. I mean, yes. I mean, I think that there is there is they're pointing out true ridiculous things about the movie, but I think the the movie, even though you said like you said it's competently made and it, it's a screwball comedy that still has craftsmanship, I think the movie knows that it's completely ridiculous and. Obviously, part of what makes this movie enjoyable is the fact that it's playing against Arnold Schwarzenegger's already established image and playing against expectations. You know, part of the fun of this movie is not seeing a male scientist become pregnant. It is seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, this guy who in past movies has been this hyper-masculine bodybuilder murderous robot. Uh, Another thing about this movie, too... This movie is held up, in terms of not being offensive, is held up much better than other movies of its time that do things that play with gender roles or um, things of that nature. You know, a lot of the there was these movies were kind of pretty popular in the '90s, and most of them I think have aged very poorly and are kind of notorious for having, you know, transphobia or homophobia or just very backwards views about what a man should do and what a woman should do. And this one, while not perfect, I think is has aged infinitely better than a lot of those other movies like Mrs. Doubtfire or, I don't know, uh, something else in the, in that ballpark. You're, I think you're right because... Not only is the the movie aware of that and and plays to it, you know, it's the awareness that yes, we're going to get this man pregnant, but it's also an opportunity for a man to walk in a woman's shoes, especially during the most kind of difficult, uh, you know, experience that a woman can have. It's being pregnant, and um, and the characters comment on that. You know, Emma Thompson's character is sort of. They're, they're in a role reversal with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character where she becomes sort of the uh, the awkward uh, suitor 
mm-hmm. to Arnold's character, and Arnold becomes the, you know, almost the uh, single mother looking for love. It's kind of an odd turn, but it, you know, they're hyper aware of it, and there's there's dialogue and moments that really feed into that. And then you also get Danny DeVito making some, like, he sort of uh, uh, rolls his eyes and, and makes a lot of comments about, uh, you know, women and, and, you know, in a very misogynist vein. But the thing that redeems that is that by the end, he's growing as a person and a partner and kind of learns some lessons. It's not it's- just he's sort of an asshole for, for no reason just to get a laugh, but it's it's part of his journey to correct some of the mistakes of his past. Well, like you said, said fully realized characters and most of the characters in this movie, except for possibly a Frank Langella's character, who's just like the gratuitous bad guy. Yeah. He, that is, was such a waste of space. He oh, didn't I even mean, need to be like the, the, the evil like department head because his story just ends with him getting fired like abruptly because you know, they're able to sort of out heist him by sneaking a pregnant Arnold into the building and um, it just ends. And then he disappears from the movie and it's almost like, well, what was the point? Like he was well, there he, to antagonize them a few times, but you really could have done without him. He exists merely as a plot point and, uh, and Frank Langell is great. So he does the best thing he can do with that character. But yeah, he's the only. He, everyone else is written so well, uh, given given the the material and like premise, uh, that it is he does kind of stick out a little bit in terms of us like being like a very one dimensional character. Yeah, the movie much more so than other movies of its ilk. There's never really jokes about, uh, just you know, even when like even when Arnold like. They're hiding him at that maternity ward, so he's disguised as a as a woman, like he's wearing a dress and everything. Even in then, which I do think is the weakest part of the movie, and probably the part that kind of falls the most into being like, uh, this is hasn't aged great. It's Even definitely then, a the, big eye roll moment. Yeah, I was like of, of course, I I'd never seen this before because when I was younger, I looked at movies like this and I thought, well, that's a grown up movie, that's an adult movie. There's no action. There's no right. monsters. There's no slime. There's no. There's nothing. There's no sort of genre to it. It's just like ha ha ha. Look uh, at the foibles between men and women, and you know this man's pregnant, and you know think about that for a second. And I was not into things like that. So yeah, I'm watching this for the first time in the year of our Lord 2021, and uh, definitely rolled my eyes into the back of my head because of course they had to get Arnold to dress up like a woman. I will say though. I appreciate the way they explained it away is kind of funny and self-referential because the explanation was that I, I can't remember that did they give uh, Hess Professor Hess a, a different name because he was pretending to be the wife of Danny DeVito right and uh, in order to get into this sort of what what type of facility was it It's just like a it's like a it's, it's like a spa or like for, a... for for yeah it's like a, it's like where pregnant women go to relax i don't know honestly i really don't know if this what kind of place it is or if these places exist but the the i mean but he explains it away by saying that uh 
he was on the like East German track and women's track and field team, and they were feeding them anabolic steroids like over the course of years and years. Yeah, and that's a little ridiculous. But but, it, mean, but at least it's it's Arnold being like, haha, you know. Yes, yeah, so a reference to his bodybuilding past, right? And, and yes. his his sort of you know growing up in Europe and things like that. And that I thought that was at least they tried. Good for them. Well, I mean, I will say like while I. I think this is the weakest part of the movie. I've never really liked movies like ever. Even when I was a little kid, when I was just like, Oh look, it's a man dressed as a woman. Like I've never thought that was funny. And just thought it was, you know, when I was just kind of like, okay, that's cool. Like, why is this a joke? Um, Yeah. I never got all the, like the Monty Python and, and stuff like that. And why that was supposed to be funny. And sometimes it was funny, you know, like, Oh, a, a a deep throated man does a, 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 a woman's voice isn't that silly but yeah most I of the time it's just know. like yeah okay it's just it's i don't know but i will say the reasons why in this movie is one they're ha- trying to hide a pregnant man because there's these scientists looking for him when they find out that he's pregnant and they want to do studies on him so therefore how do you hide if the giveaway is that you're pregnant okay so they disguise him and then there's never when he is, you know, in women's clothing and be pretending to be a woman. There's never a, a joke like you have in Mrs. Doubtfire, where you know uh, Robin Williams like tries to buy a young lady a drink at the bar, and she goes like, uh, "No thanks, you're an old woman. You're that's disgusting." Or like a, a Ace Ventura pet detective joke, where like, "Oh, I kissed a dude." Ugh. There's nothing. Yeah. There's none of those like homophobic transphobic jokes no that ace ventura uh, one unfortunately uh i didn't never under i never got that when i was a kid like i had to like have what someone was happening ex- yeah i had to have someone yeah. explain it to me but well plus i also watched the uh, tv version and so oh, they sure. edited out the big reveal uh mm-hmm. and so i was like i didn't get it for years right. and years but yeah that that's one joke that does not aged well no, it's all it's really bad it's awful in, in a movie uh, that is very like lowbrow anyway uh and but somehow like the jokes that had less effort put into them somehow managed to age better well i mean just because that it's i mean it's just because that joke is like a very bigoted hateful joke i mean yeah. you know and it's just wild that it's just wild that it it's a significant subplot of the movie is building towards that reveal yes. at the end Yes, I mean that's that's like half the movie. <laughs> but luckily, this is a yeah. classy, thoughtful movie that doesn't <laughs> in comparison doesn't can... pander to garbage like that. I I will say though, like you know, we asked the question at the beginning: Is this a sci-fi movie? My my follow-up question to that is: Could a male abdomen actually sustain a growing baby? Absolutely not, and that is one of the reasons why this works um like you and i would be we were talking actually before we started recording about how christopher nolan movies try to explain everything to the nth degree and that makes them make less sense because they can't hold up under their own uh fake science what this movie does really well is it never lingers on how none of the science makes no sense You know, even when Danny DeVito is trying to convince Arnold to become pregnant to to test their experimental drug, he says, remember Mo the chimpanzee? He came five months to term with with a fetus. Now, regardless of whether or not it's possible, 
why on earth would they even attempt to impregnate a male chimpanzee in the first place? Right. Like, it's like, what is the... Why would they have at this fertility clinic where they're testing experimental drug, you know, fertility drugs, the only reason I can assume they'd have a male chimpanzee there to begin with is to impregnate the female chimpanzees. But I believe, why wouldn't they just do that in utero, you know? Uh, and then secondly, it's like if he's there as just there for just there for the sole purpose of impregnating chimpanzees, why would they just say like, hey, let's pump some eggs in him and see what happens? I mean, perhaps they had no females available at the time. And, you know, like I said, like there's a, a, an element of evil science to this movie yes. that's sort of like an undercurrent throughout. Yes. So that makes sense to me. Although you get an interesting moral choice that's made and like it's sort of a switch where they're, it's time to abandon the experiment and they're like, oh, oh uh, Arnold, you're getting all like screwed up. Like this is affecting you psychologically. And Danny DeVito is super concerned and he's like, we're, we're abandoning this. Just stop taking the drug and it's going to sort of uh, the the embryo is going to sort of break apart and just absorb back into your body naturally and it'll be done and arnold motivated by not only his like loneliness and lack of relationships in life but now he's sort of addicted to oh i'm growing my baby inside me and now his life has more of a a purpose and he feels you know, like he's finally got something to sort of emotionally connect with. And so he makes the decision in secret to keep the baby, which is the most dangerous uh, move he could have possibly made in this scenario. Like he he's he's being not only being reckless, it was obviously reckless to uh, continue this experiment in secret in order to uh prove that their drug works so they could sell it to the F fda so like not only are these guys like greedy uh but they're also like just emotionally a wreck and not uh capable or or competent to be making these types of decisions well they also steal the frozen egg of one of their peers yeah, that's the whole the whole gimmick. And I was surprised to learn that that was where the title of the movie came from, is that the, the label of the embryo is just called Junior. And uh, the big reveal, to, well, cause, so I guess we know the whole time where the egg came from, but Arnold is under is duped by Danny DeVito thinking it's just a donated egg from somebody, but it turns out to be from Arnold's lovest interest, Emma Thompson. And then when they find out that his decision to be raised the child together that's what this, this movie is it's it's perfectly enjoyable it's has some pretty funny moments and it's really elevated by the work the cast puts into this into this and frankly most of what i i read roger ebert's review of this movie <laughs> and did you read it yeah his quotes he, about it are pretty unbelievable i mean it's true yeah but i mean it's honestly the way i feel about it uh in a lot of respects he gave this movie a glowing review and let's, let me read a couple parts from his review for you. So this is in reference to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Observe his acting carefully in Junior, and you'll see skills that many serious, in quotation marks, actors could only envy. He never reaches for an effect. He never grabs for a joke. He never wrings an emotion out of reluctant material. He plays the role absolutely straight. 
And that is 100% accurate. He is really, really good in this. And I think a lot of times he doesn't get enough credit as an actor, particularly as a comedic actor. He has impeccable timing, which obviously works as a, a comedian, but also translates into his action roles. And obviously there are limitations as an actor that he has just based on the fact that, you know, he's a gigantic man, you know. Yeah, with uh, a thick Austrian accent. Yeah, you know, there's obviously certain roles that he would just be wildly uh, miscast in, but not necessarily because he's a bad actor. And in fact, actually, I don't know if you saw that movie he made a few years ago, uh, Maggie. I did not, where he's taking care of a little girl zombie or something. Yes, and it is not a very good movie. I, it's pretty bad. He is really good in it, though, and in playing in a role unlike anything he's played before because it's not an action movie whatsoever. He's not a badass. He's There's even a scene where, like, it's kind of a weird movie set up where like, there are zombies, and zombies are a problem, but it's not this post-apocalyptic world, you know, like zombieism is more like a virus and like oh you might like run into a zombie right now but it's more like rabies i guess you know like if if rabies was a big problem you'd have to be on the lookout for rabies dogs or alcoholism where it can sometimes it can interfere with daily life but mostly it's the problem of the the addict like there's this one part in the movie where he goes (laughs) i'm kidding that's that's not what i really believe Uh, there's this one part of the movie where he goes into like a gas station in like the, on the, in the countryside cause he's a farmer or something. And he's like, hello, anyone here? And the, uh, the guy comes out and he's zombified and Arnold is not, does not react in a heroic way. He's terrified. He's just like, kind of gets in a corner and is like, Oh shit. You know, so totally playing against the type that he normally does. And he's really good. I think right here too, you really see, tremendous acting skills on display in a kind of ridiculous movie from Arnold and the supporting characters. You know, uh, he also, in reference to DeVito and Thompson, he says, they turn their scenes into seminar for study and exercise for the double take. The way they react to developments is funnier than the developments themselves, which is also true. In different hands, this movie, I would not be singing the praises of this movie in different hands, you know? And frankly, this is the type of movie that if I heard about, you know, in general, I'd I'd roll my eyes to. Like if this starred anybody else, if this was Owen Wilson and Jason Bateman, who are, I have nothing against, but I would have zero interest in this movie if it starred them, you know? (laughs) I think Owen Wilson would be pretty awesome. Uh, hey, I think I'm pregnant. Wow. Okay, you're right. You're right. That would be pretty good. <laughs> that's, honestly, that's perfect casting, but maybe not okay. Jason Bateman. Yeah, okay, Jason Bateman and uh, uh, Vince Vaughn. But yeah. I think I think Danny DeVito is actually, he's super underrated. He's like the king of acting natural. Uh, yes. Like, he, he is who he is, and yeah, all of his, like, really shining moments, uh, and he's able to go from like being like a sleaze ball and like manipulating Arnold Schwarzenegger to, uh, you know, caring about his patients or even his ex-wife who is pregnant. And I actually like that that little subplot of him and his ex-wife who is they're like not too far removed from their divorce it seems, but 
she is pregnant from a one of the uh, touring members of Aerosmith somehow some way and so as a uh expecting single mother she only trusts him to uh you know do the prenatal care and then deliver the baby and he goes from kind of resentful ex-husband to I think he, like by the end of it he's like going to you ra- raise this child as his own I mean this movie is incredibly sweet in a non schmaltzy way somehow you know Yeah I think the only time that I was really really kind of rolling my eyes was when they had Arnold start acting like uh, like less of a uh, a mother and more of a housewife. I thought yes. that, that that didn't really work and I think that association was kind of a is is just not not real. And so not- when he's he's making he's making dinner and talking to Danny DeVito on the phone and gets mad when he's going to come home late and things like that. And I'm like, well, just because he's pregnant doesn't mean he's going to transform into that. But at the same time, I guess you could argue that because he's living with Danny DeVito at the time that you sort of maybe sociologically you would fall into those roles. But I, I thought that was kind of a cheap laugh. It is yeah, even if even if even even if you're right about like sociology, wow, well, however you've put it, fall into those roles just by kind of default. The way it's presented in the movie is is a cheap sexist joke. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, in a movie that does a pretty good job, given its subject matter, not falling into those tropes. Yeah, I really uh, like for, that for the Emma, most part. The the interplay with uh, Emma Thompson becoming more of. Uh, you know her switching roles where she's pursuing uh awkwardly she's sort of the bumbling suitor uh to arnold schwarzenegger uh and she you know is kind of pursuing him and approaching him because she has a romantic interest uh but she becomes the sort of aggressor and it's all very awkward and clunky but uh and then she also gets some great moments where she's talking about um the importance of of understanding what it's like to, you know, have reproductive organs and like what that entails. And it's not for him to have just this, uh, this embryo growing in his abdomen is not the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's handled in a, like I said, shockingly, I mean, kind of saying the same thing over, but shockingly handled well, particularly given the, time in which it came out and the social climate in which it came out and what was considered okay things to say and do versus handled incredibly respectfully given those circumstances and has held up, like I said before, much better than most of the movies in that, uh, I guess, loose genre. Now, in um, the big climax, uh, Frank Langella's evil department head of the university has come to... Uh, take over the experiment and and reap the the fun and profits of this pregnant man for the university and Arnold Schwarzenegger is having none of it no and there's a there's a big sort of confrontation scene in the lab where Arnold tosses Frank Langella aside and then he's got a kind of a big zinger this is also one of the worst parts yes I know exactly what it is Yes, this is this is probably probably the part of the movie that is. Uh, it's pretty terrible. He goes, "My body, my choice." 
And I know everybody on the set that day probably was applauding and hooting and hollering because Arnold got one of his his big one-liners from his action movies, but it's, you know, from the perspective it's, of a someone who's pregnant. It's pretty atrocious, and it is definitely the part of the movie where it's just like, ooh, come on, that was... It's atrocious on every level. It's it's just stupid. It's not even a good, uh, like, clever one-liner. It's the most obvious one. It's offensive. Um, it takes a you know a serious issue and a serious problem that a lot of women have faced and just turn, uh, uh, boils it down into a little uh, like a throwaway gag. I can yeah, it, it makes. Thing, something like that makes this movie harder to defend, but it is just a a, a singular moment, and I'm not saying it makes it, that it makes it okay or anything, but if you were to pick apart everything from the past, I mean, obviously we're going to c- come into things in every single piece of pop culture, or art, or movie, whatever, that is not going to hold up. But I feel like even when this movie came out, it was probably not a not a great joke. As we get towards the end and... Uh, Arnold is going into labor. Uh, Danny DeVito's ex-wife is also going into labor simultaneously. And Emma Thompson has to play the sort of uh, nervous expectant father for both at the same Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Arnold's getting an emergency C-section. They sneak him back into the university to perform the C-section. But Pamela Reed is about to give birth to uh, her baby as well. So they deliver Pamela Reed's baby. It looks real. Like it's a real baby am, or a real am delivery? I, am I crazy? I, I feel like maybe she was really pregnant and they just like filmed her delivery because this looks like a no. freshly born baby. Like it's all it's like a sm- splotchy put, and covered in goo. And... Yeah, they put some KY jelly on it. That's not a, they did not film a real Are live you birth. sure? Not only... The f- I feel like I mean, that's a '90s thing to do. Is she's like, "Well, I'm gonna have my baby, so you guys just want to film it. We'll put it in the movie. You'll get get me some, uh, you know, the level Screen Actors of- Guild credit for my, no. my kid and some free insurance, and because no. the baby looks real. I mean, it is a real baby. It's not her baby. <laughs> but how can they do that? How can they have a baby that young? They how could they dress it up that well? Just it, put some once again. Just put some goo on it for a second. You it know? was so splotchy and just like gross and screaming and I don't know. It looked real to me, man. I feel okay. like this is if Even there if is we, not a Hollywood urban legend about this, I'm starting one now because okay. I think I think that this was a real baby that was really birthed by someone uh, while they were filming the movie. Even if she was pregnant, and they named the baby Junior. <laughs> even if she was pregnant during actually pregnant during the filming of this movie even if she gave birth during the filming of this movie and even if that is her newborn baby that is not they're not filming the actual birth okay well pamela reed it, looked pretty pretty sweaty and like flushed and exhausted okay but also first glowing. off so either she's a tremendous actress or she really uh delivered that baby okay that's think all about, i'm saying think, think about the further ramifications of this uh, theory one. She starts the movie. That would mean the shooting time of this movie is nine months. There's no way this movie shot for nine months. Two, think about the logistical timing nightmare of trying to squeeze in the actual birth 
on the day you're filming this scene? Oh, they just have a second unit, pal. Come on. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a real baby. I can't believe it. Crazy. Cra- congratulations, Junior, on your real live onset birth. <laughs> Fine. It's a real baby. I'll accept that if we can move on from this ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's it's interesting, too, that uh, Emma Thompson and Arnold Schwarzenegger, they sort of, as they bond and come together, there's a weird sort of coupling that happens. And by the time he gives birth and gets the baby, uh, they, they've already sort of formed this almost family unit. In fact, they, there's a weird, actually a weird moment back at the, the sort of women's retreat where she sneaks into his room and they have sex while he's pregnant. Yeah. I don't know. That seemed weird to me. Why is that? I don't know. If if she was pregnant and he snuck in and they had sex, would that be weird to you? Yeah. Oh, so just the idea of pregnant sex. Yeah, just the, the idea of. But yeah, it just was a weird, a weird moment. I was like, ah, yeah, you, got, you didn't really need that, I guess. But I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a prude. I think you're being a prude. Okay. I well. think you need to get your, you know, like early Puritan settler uh morals off of this movie but, but then she does she does pull the move she's like well i gotta sneak out before anybody finds me see you later <laughs> <laughs> that's another one of those moments where i was like oh that's kind of a an interesting role reversal and obviously she's not uh you know that wasn't like a one night stand thing where she's sneaking out and is never gonna speak to him again or whatever but no, it's but just kind was, of a little yeah. bit hinted at why do you think this movie is was so poorly received? Uh, because on the on the outside, it's like completely superficially, it seems like a ridiculous gimmick. Like, ha ha ha! Right. Look, Arnold's acting like a woman. He's pregnant. Isn't that stupid? Uh, and and I, it is. Uh, and you know, I had the same reaction as everyone, where I was like, "That looks stupid. I don't want to see Arnold." Uh acting like a spaz i want to see him you know kicking ass and acting like a spaz in a very violent way not in a you know maternal way that's that's too silly don't don't do that to my guy did you enjoy any of his other uh previous comedies like oh kindergarten yeah. cop or twins yeah kindergarten cop is really good and also the fact that he he gets to he has a temper and he is, you know, struggles dealing with the entire situation mm-hmm. uh, in Kindergarten Cop is, you know, there's a, lots of tension and there's bad guys, you know, and it's easy, it's easy to consume a movie like that when it's like, oh, he's the good guy struggling with these kids, but they grow to love him. But there's also a bad guy for him to beat up and, you know, a super violent action sequence to open the movie. Right. <laughs> uh and then, you know, like Twins is really good. Twins is a great story. Uh, but there's also this undercurrent of conflict where he's getting into fight scenes and things like that. And he's, even though he acts like a goof, he's still uh, prepared to handle the the more difficult parts of his journey. This is like a total like fish out of water kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's no action save for... Uh, like a little bit of a foot chase uh, where he's running away from campus security. Yeah. 
Uh, I think you're, I think you're, you're right on the money though, about how people's expectations of what it would be, you know, uh, because of the ridiculous premise. I think this is a movie that it sounds so stupid that people probably who have never even seen the movie say that it's bad. And like, frankly, I saw this movie, like I said earlier, like if there was other actors in this movie, I may not be interested in it. I wanted to watch this movie solely because it had Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito in this ridiculous premise. Um, I also think it's a movie that too, even if people did watch and liked, I bet a lot of people, particularly like most critics with the exception, obviously of Roger Ebert would be embarrassed to say that they enjoyed because it would be like, Oh, I like something that's so low brow, even though it's, it's not that low brow of a take on low brow material, you know? Yeah. I, I found myself as, as a first time watch, I found myself not really laughing uh, very much. I don't know if this is really like a, a, a an all-time great comedy or anything like that, but I did really admire the the storytelling and the level of writing because here it, it is a total gimmick on the surface. It's a it's just a like a a magic trick, right? It's all all right. purely visual and. I still found myself seeing the level of craft that was put into it and the level of effort, which didn't it didn't require in order to get the finished movie. You didn't need subplots and 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 all that and you know actual intent with the writing and some of the scene setups and things like that. You could have easily just uh, just churn this out and you know it probably would have gotten the same reaction, um, but you know the the people involved put a little bit of extra oomph behind it and a little bit of juice and the level of performance that everyone brought to the table, you know, it wasn't just a lazy screwball comedy. You know, they tried to do something a little bit, uh, a little bit elevated. Um, while maybe it's not high art, it, uh, still is a little bit better than average. And I think aside from the very end which was just kind of felt like a just kind of a tacked on happy ending type thing with a, a dumb final throwaway line. Uh, are you talking about when they're on the beach? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Other than, it's, other than it's that. So stu- it's so stupid. It's but I, really stupid. <laughs> but I kind of love it. It's really stupid. Do you want to explain what it is? <laughs> well, so they're, everyone has had their babies and they're all on vacation together as couples. And now Emma Thompson is pregnant. Arnold is back to being uh, normal and seemingly more of a well-rounded person. Uh, he's got a family, and you know he's not just living alone in a super dry apartment. Now, Danny DeVito's a father, and uh, they have a little conversation about uh, having more kids. And what does Arnold say to De- Danny DeVito? Well, Pamela Reed, her character says, I don't know if I could go through, if I could be, go through another pregnancy. That was just too much on me. Mm-hmm. And, and Arnold says, well, who says that you have to be the one who gets pregnant? To which Danny DeVito instantly re- reacts and goes like, oh, no, not me, blah, blah, blah. And yes, this is ridiculous. It's stupid. It's obvious. They, but- they were like just a, a hair away from having Danny DeVito look right at the camera and be like, 
Hmm. Here we go again. Right. I mean, there's there's definitely things in this movie that where they avoid uh, going just a little too far. Like you in another in another variation of this movie, you would a hundred percent percent expect one of the chimpanzees to be assisting with Arnold's birth. You know. Oh yeah, with like uh, a little like a little set of scrubs and a mascot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, like there's another version of that this movie where that happens. Uh, under if it was in, in under different writers and different directors, you know, uh, and the, and that maybe that throwaway joke at the end is kind of falling into that realm. But I don't know, it it it, it kind of works for me just because it is so goofy. Yeah, it definitely you could this is definitely the kind of movie you can kind of surrender yourself to and yes, uh, yeah, and enjoy it. Like I said as a first time watch, um I'm going to say my overall verdict is watch it. Uh I wouldn't call it an, an all-time classic or anything like that, no. but uh it certainly is is fascinating to watch and I don't I don't know that there's too many movies like it without using the sort of uh, body switch gimmick. Right. Right, where, oh, it's a, it's a man in a woman's body. and uh, like, the brains, like the brains get teleported. Yeah, he you got know, struck by lightning while right. reading a woman's magazine, and now he's trapped inside of, you know, Rosie O'Donnell. And in a lot of those movies, too, just pl- even though it's not like... It's not like a man dressed as a woman or whatever. It's the actual like consciousness. All of those still fall in the same. A lot of the same like really bad like jokes that have aged really poorly, because even if it's not a man dressed dressing up as a woman, they still make a lot of the same like like really poor taste, uh, bigoted jokes about oh why do I have to wear this dress? Why am I, it makes my butt look bad? You know? Yeah, it's just never anything clever or insightful. It's just kind no. of. Yeah, the same old, same old yes, surface I, I, level. I agree with you. This movie's not a classic. I certainly enjoy watching it. It's definitely a movie that, like, if, you know, like, if I don't know what I want to watch or there's nothing else on it, but I'm scrolling through Netflix and it's on there, like, oh, I'll put this on. Uh, and, you know, obviously the pitch for this movie was to the studio, Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant and everyone goes, ah, oh, yeah, great, 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 great. And in that, and like you said, it could have just been that, but there's a level of craftsmanship where everyone goes involved, says, oh, okay, we are going to make the best version of this movie that we can. And I'm going to read one more Roger Ebert quote on this movie. A lot of actors can hold big machine guns and stand convincingly in front of special effects and explosions. Not many can stand in front of a camera and be nine months pregnant and actually make us care. And that is really what the impressive feat of this movie is, is that it takes the dumbest idea and makes a movie that we get invested in uh, and enjoy. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Well, that being said, let's give it an official rating on the trashometer of uh, on a scale of one to ten. I'm going to be generous and... Uh, after talking about it, yeah, in the moment watching it, I probably would have given it like a five or a six, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a seven out of ten. Oh, that's I was going to give it a six point five. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I'd say that six point five seven range works for me. That's interesting. I mean, maybe now I'm being too generous. <laughs> I was expecting. But I am, you to... I am feeling based on some of the things you said. I'm feeling a little sentimental for it now because. 
really by the end and especially during the birthing scene like arnold really does like he really does convince you that he cares about this baby because in the beginning his life is is a big void uh all he has is his work and everyone hates him like no one likes him yeah and you know even though having a baby is not a good reason to give your life meaning and purpose or to uh feel love and form a relationship like you should do that work independently yeah uh, and that's not please don't don't do that <laughs> but, well but, i mean but by the end uh he has he has sort of convinced me so uh right by well, that it token does, it take the, what this movie does is take you know storytelling shortcuts to convey a concept in a narrative Obviously, don't go out and have a baby to give your life meaning, but what it uses it in a metaphorical context to a certain degree. It's like he's investing in something more than just his work or his science. You know, he's, yeah. that's that's you know that's the the takeaway, I guess. Okay, but uh, uh, here, okay, I forgot to mention this too, and it's too bad we already rated the movie because now I'm I'm second guessing because there is that scene where. Uh, Danny DeVito uh, has convinced some corporation or something to back their their fertility drug, and now they're gonna get they're gonna be able to do human trials and get approved by the FDA, and they're all gonna be rich, like right. they're all gonna be stinking rich. And it's like, oh well, you know, they learned all of this this stuff about being better people and you know their relationships and what's important to them, but at the same time, like you know, their initial greed and mad science. Uh, is also going to pay off. And so it's a little disappointing, but I mean, honestly, I guess that's fairly realistic. This is America, baby. Yeah, nobody's perfect. Like, you can learn lessons and, uh, you know, cherish your relationships while also being a greedy shitbag. So. If you if you can learn to be a well-rounded, a well-adjusted f- father and still charge uh, pregnant women thousands of dollars for a pill that keeps their baby from dying well i mean that's the american dream right there well and the <laughs> the, the the sort of moral teeter-totter of that drug is yes they're going to make t- a shit ton of money off of it and everyone's going to get rich uh but also these you know pregnant women are going to be able to you know safely take their baby to her or what what does the drug do it uh it helps you have a baby if you can't have one it's for i think it's for i think it's for people who have trouble uh uh who like you know like their their embryos have trouble sticking to the uterine wall oh right right i think i should have paid more attention to the fringe science going i think that yeah i think that it, it ensures a healthy fetus attachment to to the uterus excellent yeah, you should have because this is sci-fi summer, Keith. The sci-fi summer, and I, I'm glad that we started off with something kind of soft and yeah, and and mild, uh, and hopefully it'll get people thinking about what is sci-fi because I started thinking about that too. It's easy to look towards, uh, you know, clones and lasers and things like that, spaceships, but like, what really is sci-fi? Because without uh science as the the backbone of the the plot is it really a sci-fi movie like is fire in the sky a sci-fi movie because uh, like what does that have to do with science 
Well, yeah, I could say you could you, you one could. And I'm not saying that I am that one. I'm just saying one could argue that this is more of a sci-fi movie than Star Wars. Yeah. Because yeah. there it actually takes of a, a, a fictional um scientific technology and uses it to advance a storyline whereas Star Wars is just, you know, cowboys and aliens and sp- space well and if we're using our culture and our science as the the launch pad for science fiction right a a a fictional extension of our own world then star wars is unrelated because those are different planets different cultures and the possibility of of other worlds possessing much more advanced technology and and a, a scientific foundation uh kind of takes that away from us so uh, I don't know where this is going to lead us. E- even we don't know where this road goes. Uh, mm-hmm. We we definitely had an idea for for Junior uh, initially, but uh, where we go after this into our sci-fi sun- summer is anyone's guess. So you're going to have to tune in next time to find out. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we got a, we got we got some ideas, but uh, you know, based on that logic, uh, who knows where uh, it can take us? Maybe to a post-apocalyptic world maybe to the not too distant future into a uh some kind of a cloning program uh or genetic engineering or maybe into a subterranean world maybe into the far-off reaches of space are there any are there any good subterranean world movies the answer is no yeah they're all bad yeah Unfortunately. Well, I guess that wraps it up pretty much for Junior then, though, huh? So you have any final No, tidbits? I think we pretty well covered it. Um, yeah. Will we keep a 1 to 10 scale trashometer going to the future? I don't I, know. I like that at least for this uh, this uh, sci-fi series. Yeah, I think some movies require mm-hmm. a scale with a little bit more uh, room in between the the five star scale is sometimes doesn't really it does not work give you enough room yeah i i review and i think you do too uh, we both review movies on letterboxd mm-hmm. um with that five star scale and even though they have half stars uh it really doesn't give you enough room to accurately i'll i'll go back and look at at some of my reviews sometimes and compare them and you know some of the three versus one and a half star movies, uh, it seems like they should be much farther apart than they. Well, are. yeah, it's like all of a sudden, like you, if you're using the five or even worse, a four star rating system, it's like okay, you have something that's two stars, which is like this was fine, it wasn't great, but it was totally okay. And then all of a sudden, you get to one, and that's terrible. You know, you go from okay to terrible instantly. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and even trying to create a threshold, right? So I've I've sort of adopted three stars as uh, I liked it. Mm-hmm. But then four stars is like excellent, and then five stars is a, a, a banger of a home run. Right. But I don't know. I, I go back and forth on it. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's a whole other thing. Ten stars, that gives you a good, that's a good even number. Ten balls of trash. Ten, ten, ten greased-up wads of food scraps and fast food containers just all mushed together. That's what we're working with. Yeah. 
So that's we'll, there'll be more of that. There'll be more sci-fi to come. Um, until that next time or whatever. Until then, join us on our sci-fi summer journey into into the void. And until yeah. next time, the dumpster is closed. Goodbye, everyone. Stop it! No, I don't stop it! I want my babies! Shh.